In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, as I mentioned earlier, we're a little bit more casual today because I really want this to be accessible to our children and youth and, uh, and with a little less formality maybe will help us with that. Um, of course, our focus today is your, the, the children and youth, um, you guys returning to school. And I remember that uh, even at uh, this advanced age, I still remember very vividly first days of school. And that was always a lot of excitement and, and actually a lot of mixed emotions. I know you're, you're excited to see friends that you haven't seen for a while and you're expecting to learn new things. And uh, there's a whole, whole new arena that you're, that you're going into. And also a little bit of, of uh, concern perhaps as well. Well, maybe we're a little concerned about how we may be received um, by particular people or um, how we'll fit in in particular environments. And so there, uh, there also, there's a mixture of, of emotions that you might have there. I think for me, the best thing was, it was always the occasion to have a few new clothes that actually fit better than, than they did when the school ended. So um, it was always a positive that way, at least for me. But of course, not only are there those normal sorts of reactions and emotions you would have at the beginning of a new school year, now you've got this whole COVID thing and a lot of uncertainty and um, concerns and adjustments. Uh, it's just not the way it's normally would be in the, uh, when we open school. And so you've got this other layer of additional um, feelings, emotions, concerns. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that today from the viewpoint of our Christian faith, because I think it adds, actually has a lot to uh, tell us and encourage us toward uh, in terms of walking through difficult times such as this. Now, first thing to say is that as difficult as this is, as challenging as, as it is with the COVID and your experience, it's not necessarily unique uh, in human history. Um, it seems like every generation has their particular challenge that affects them even in their school environment. I was thinking we have we have some people in this congregation that are they're at the age where they they went through World War II as children in school like you are too and they had a lot of changes but most likely their fathers were away uh, at war and there was always the risk of you know would they come back or not and those concerns and and uh, the whole environment was very, very different. And there was a lot of what they call rationing, which was uh, cutting back on a lot of the things you'd normally expect to have um, available to you because that was being uh, funneled to the war effort. And so there were a lot of adjustments that they had to make. Uh, even growing up in Jacksonville myself, there were some challenging times uh, that not everybody necessarily my age would have experienced. I, I, uh, when I was in fourth grade, I was in schools in Duval County in Jacksonville. And there was something going on at that particular time called the Cuban Missile Crisis. And uh, I won't get into all the details historically of that, but there was a tension of what was called a Cold War, which was not mostly about uh, bullets and bombs, but was really about a war of ideas between the Soviet Union and the United States. And this resulted in, um, in the Soviet Union putting nuclear weapons on the island of Cuba, which, as you know, is just only 90 miles from from uh, the southern tip of Florida. So it's very, very close. And uh, so the word was out about these bombs there, and there was this hostility between these two countries. And so there was a concern that there would, might be these nuclear bombs being launched to the United States. And guess what? The number one target was Jacksonville because, because of all our military bases here in the, the proximity, the closeness of Jacksonville to Cuba. 
And so we had these drills that we had to do. These, you're fourth grade kids, right? And you're, we, like we'd have these um, uh, fire alarms that would go off and we would be marched out to this big field behind the school. And there would be all synchronized, all of these um, moms in, in their cars all lined up in all this particular order. And we would, find, we would be escorted into, into these cars to sit there um, pretending to evacuate and each car had its own um, little packet for a girl and a boy and and uh, and so you're you're thinking are we going anywhere or not you're sitting in these cars and we had multiple um, um, uh, exercises like this and also we were we were taught to um, that in the event there was a bomb that was dropped that we were to turn our desk over to shield ourselves from the atomic bomb and we practiced that and I got to say, even in fourth grade, my thinking was, if there's an atomic bomb, this isn't going to do a whole lot of good, right? Uh, so there's a lot of realism there, too. But again, those were, you know, times where you'd have a lot of different emotions about what's going on. This is a world that, that has certain dangers in it. And what does that mean in terms of our faith that we live in a world that has these particular dangers? Um, so I got to thinking about, about that from the point of view of the Bible. And there's a, you know, the Apostle Paul, he really was kind of, the, you know, uh, apart from Jesus, really kind of practically founds the, the Christian church. And uh, he has, in his second letter to the church in Corinth, he, he, he's talking about, uh, I won't get to the reasons for this, but he's talking about some things he's endured in terms of his ministry. Because believe it or not, where places he was going, this is a whole new message about Jesus as the Messiah. And not everybody was receptive to this. And he ended up having a lot of people that uh, did cruel things to him be simply because of this message of God's love that's manifested in Jesus Christ. And so he's listing some of these things and include things like his fact, the fact that he's working really, really hard because he's a tent maker to make his money, but he's also in this ministry. So he's working like double time. So it's really, really a hard life in that way. He talks about the multiple times he's actually imprisoned for telling about Jesus. He's often exposed to the elements um, out, out of doors. He says he received 39 lashes. This is a very cruel punishment that the Romans did of 39 uh, lashes with a, with a whip. Happened to him five times, and yet he survived that. Three times he was beaten with rods, he says. Once he was pelted with stones. He was shipwrecked three times in his travels concerning the gospel. He even spent one night and one day after one of those shipwrecks floating in the, in the, the uh, Mediterranean Sea um, and exposed to the elements. He talked about the various dangers that he has being, being uh, that there were bandits as he traveled, there was weather as he traveled, there was thirst and hunger as he traveled. And he goes on with a list much longer than that. All of these things that he endured. And Yet he concludes with this, he says, but you know, what I found from this is that when I'm weak, I actually find that in Christ I am strong. And that's one of the real mysteries about the Christian faith. That's not that we're necessarily spared from uh, things that would happen to any other person. And these tragedies can happen and COVID happens and, and uh, war happens. And there are all these things that will interrupt our lives. And uh, be challenges to us and may help us, may cause us to have a lot of different emotions. And yet that's not the end of the story. Those things will happen to us. And yet we have a higher power, 
a deeper source, and that's Christ Jesus. That we find that when we actually feel weak in these particular circumstances, that gives the opportunity for Christ to be really strong in us. And I look back on my life of 69 years almost here, um, that as hard as it was to go through particular things in life at certain times, those were actually the things I learned the most from, where my faith most deepened, was most manifested, um, especially when I look, we look back on it, we see that those are times where in that weakness, there really is a strength that Christ produces in us. And so when we, we talk about the difficulties that, that we have in life, it's not the end of the story. And uh, so I wanted to conclude with another uh, passage from, um, from Paul. This is uh, the, the book, his letter to the church in Rome. And he says a really interesting thing here. Uh, this is uh, chapter 8, if you want to do a little research in this. He says, um, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardships or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a great message. And he also says in this chapter, we know this, that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. All things. That means everything. That God can take all of the most difficult challenges, as painful as they may be able to go through at the time, or as challenging as they may, may be, and use and allow something really good for us spiritually, in terms of our own development, our relationship with Christ and with each other to be uh, expanded and grow and develop to be more like Jesus Christ every single day. So I know it's difficult. There are all these challenges, but I hope that you'll go into this new um, uh, new um, new uh, life that you have in school with a real sense of adventure. You know that Christ is with you. Christ is always with us. Nothing can ever separate us from that reality that he is with us. And when we feel even weak, that gives him the opportunity to be strong. So uh, think about those things. And uh, right now we're going to hear actually from, uh, from Elizabeth Herman, our children's ministry director, with a word of encouragement. And also for, uh, from Leanne Anderson, our, our youth director, uh, also with a word of encouragement. And then after you've heard from them, we're going to come back and I want to say uh, and pray a blessing for you in this new school year. Hi, families. I just want to wish you a safe and blessed school year. Uh, I, please know that your teachers and administration and all of those in the school building are working so hard to ensure that this is a safe and, and a welcoming environment for you to return to. They're going to do everything you they can to keep you learning and keep you loving uh, being at school. And if you are going to be learning from home, 
Those teachers are also working so hard to plan for you and make sure that you have all that you need. So I just wish you all the best this year. And just as God guides us in exciting times and and stressful times, he's going to be with us. So I just want you to know that he's always with us, uh, helping us along, and um, wishing you all the best. Stay safe and be blessed. Take care. Hi, families. Uh, In the description, you'll find a link. Uh, One for a prayer that you can read as a family and another for a family activity that you can do. I hope you enjoy. Have a great day. Greetings, St. Francis family. I hope you're all doing well and staying healthy. Um, I have a special word today for the Field Life Crew Youth Group. Tomorrow is the long-awaited day, the first day of school for most of you. Finally, right? Um, I know for some it is a time of great excitement meeting new teachers, starting a new grade level, learning new things, meeting new friends. And for some of you, it's probably a time of great anxiety as you start a new school or meet new teachers, wondering if you're gonna like your classes, whether they're gonna be too hard or too boring, wondering if you're gonna make new friends or be able to hang out with the friends that you currently have. And then for all of us, we're still, you know, under have this whole COVID thing hanging around. And that's certainly um, continuing to keep us in a state of uncertainty and anxiety and definitely a change um, from what we call normal, right? And so, you know, all this time I've been thinking about this summer, I've been thinking about how God shows up during times like these, like when we're in such uncertain times and, and things are just not normal um, or what we anticipate as being normal and i've been um, comforted to know that the thing that keeps coming to mind is how god never changes you know despite all of the change that we may be going through whether it's good or bad god is always the same he's always uh, constant his love and um, for us is always constant and the entire message of the bible carries this theme of God's constancy, his constant love and faithfulness to us. And there's one scripture in particular that seems to really speak to me about this, and that's Psalm 23. And I know you know it, it's the Good Shepherd Psalm. You've probably heard it or read it a gazillion times. Often it's recited during funerals to give comfort to uh, friends and family that have recently lost a loved one. And, you know, I, I used to think of it that way, and certainly it does apply in that, that circumstance. But I like to think of it less of a death psalm, so to speak, and more of a life psalm and how God shows up in our lives. So um, to hear me out for just a minute, you know, first of all, the psalm starts out, and I'll read it, um, just kind of paraphrasing here, that God is our shepherd, and we, therefore, lack nothing period. Then that could be the end of the psalm, really. But then it goes on to say that God makes us lie down in green pastures, and he leads us behind, beside still or quiet waters to refresh our soul. He guides us along the right paths, and even though we walk through the darkest valleys, we can fear no evil because his goodness and his love will follow us all the days of our lives. Okay, I get it. So the idea of this whole shepherd thing, the shepherd analogy is probably lost on most of us. I mean, you may have dressed up as one, 
when you're a little kid during a Christmas pageant, but really, how many of us have met or even know a shepherd? If you're like me, the answer is a big fat zero. So how can this idea of God being a good shepherd really have any use, be of any use to us during these times of transition or uncertainty? Well, for one, think about it. The shepherd is the one that is large and in charge of the sheep. He is there to keep them safe, keep them fed, um, and make sure that they stay where they're supposed to be, right? Keep them within his sight. And that's really comforting to know. And if we think about God as our shepherd or God as the good shepherd, he too, in the same way, keeps us safe and all of our needs are met with him. Therefore, we lack nothing, period, right? We also know that sheep don't stay in one place. They're constantly moving from field to field. Their landscape's changing. Their life is changing constantly, right? And so the shepherd in that regard, he not only has to make sure that they don't wander off, that they, they stay, you know, as they're journeying through life, that they stay where they're supposed to be. Um, he has to make sure that they get rest from their travels. And so God, as our shepherd, does the same thing. He gives us rest by leading us to those green pastures and those still or quiet waters as a way to refresh and nourish our souls. So if you think about the green pastures as kind of being like an analogy to his word, you know, feeding on his word and his promises and his, his um, precepts for our life, and that water being a source of strength, um, an encouragement that we get through the Holy Spirit. And so no matter what season of change or transition we might be going through, um, God isn't changing. He is constantly there uh, giving us rest and giving us nourishment for that life journey. And then, of course, the life of sheep, it's not all rosy. It's not all green pastures and crystal clear streams. You know, they're just sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> They're, you know, they go through a lot of danger. They have wolves and other predators that, that are constantly coming after them. They are trying to traverse perilous terrain. And so that shepherd, you know, his job at that point is to fend off that danger and protect those sheep from whatever might be coming their way or coming after them. And he also uses his staff, that hook, that shepherd's hook, to gently lead and guide the, the, the sheep to the safest path possible as they are going on their way or through their journey. And again, God, as our good shepherd, does the same thing. He is there to protect us and keep us from evil. And he's there to lead us and guide us um, during the darkest times of our lives, whether it's through illness or all the evil around us that seems to be so pervasive. And then finally, and here's something interesting, I think we read over this a lot, uh, the shepherd follows the sheep. He's kind of leading from behind, so to speak, right? And God, as our shepherd, actually does the same thing. His, it says that his goodness and love follow us all the days of our lives. So God is there not only leading us and guiding us, he's, he's got our back. He's there to, to provide us guidance um, and love and goodness in all that we do always, and that never changes. So as you prepare tomorrow for the start of school, whether it's virtual at home, 
or in person or something in between. And, you know, no matter where you are in, in your season of life, um, whether you find yourself in a constant state of change or transition or unfamiliar territory, just remember that God is our shepherd and he's there to to lead us, he's there to guide us, and he's there to follow us in all goodness and love wherever we go. So go well, good sheep, and have a great, safe, and happy new school year. And I hope to see you all very, very soon in our brand new youth building. God bless. Well, very good. Thank you, Leanne and Elizabeth. We appreciate those those words of encouragement. So Let's pray. And, uh, and if you're at home with your family, I would request that maybe your, your other family members would lay hands on you uh, and as we pray this prayer together, uh, really show their love and support for you and, and just be that, that um, uh, transmission of Christ to you as we pray this blessing. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you are the sovereign one over all things. And that there is nothing that can ultimately separate us from your love. And we pray that we would go forth, all of us in this, in this new year, um, with that firm conviction and knowledge that you are with us. That we're not alone. That we're never alone. That you always are there with us to encourage us and to keep us safe and secure and encouraged. So I pray for the children and youth of our parish that in this new year, you would protect them. You would keep them in your care, that you would put them in the very palm of your hand and let them know that they're always there. They're always in your care. They're always in your sight. They're always in your mind and in your heart. And uh, we pray that this would be a productive year, that it would be a time of growth and development and new friendships and relationships and new, uh, new growth in our relationship with you. So I lift our youth and our children to you with gratitude for their lives, for their witness, for their past, their present, and their wonderful futures. Bless them now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.